The views and opinions expressed on the Elephant Room and associated social media are those of host Jeff Gallagher and do not necessarily reflect the position or opinions of the Radio A1A broadcast family, A1A Media, Cruising Country Radio, Paradise Road Radio, our host, and our sponsors. From the frozen tropics of Canada, you are listening to the Elephant Room on Radio A1A. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Elephant Room. My name is Jeff Gallagher. We have lots to cover this week as the news gods have either decided to be very kind to me or put me on sensory overload, depending on how you want to look at it. So let's not beat around the bush. Let's get it on. In an unexpected announcement, President Trump has agreed to a sit-down with North Korean president-slash-dictator Kim Jong-un, with the meeting in principle slated to take place in May. White House Press Secretary Sarah Saunders stated that what we know is that the maximum pressure campaign has clearly been effective, and they have made some major promises to denuclearize. She followed up by adding, We are not going to have this meeting take place until we see concrete actions, as we have accepted this invitation to talk based on the promises they have made. President Trump has said for some time now that he is willing to have open talks with Kim Jong-un when the conditions were right. The news of the meeting has garnered positive reactions from officials in China, Russia, and South Korea, who are three major players in efforts to resolve the dispute of North Korea's nuclear ambitions. The White House concluded Friday that President Trump is committed to maintaining pressure and sanctions until North Korea takes tangible steps to completely and verifiably and irreversibly denuclearize. Although the future meeting is a logistical nightmare, including where the two leaders will actually meet, as well as security measures from the Secret Service, but with the president being the first serving president to meet in person with a North Korean leader, this will certainly be an historic event. The three women who dedicated their lives to treating military veterans suffering from post-traumatic stress were described as brave women after they were gunned down by an ex-patient of the treatment program they worked in. Police said a gunman later identified as Albert Wong, 36, of Sacramento, managed around 10.30 a.m. Friday to discreetly enter a going-away party for an employee of the Pathway Home, a privately-run treatment program housed at Veterans Home in California. Yauntville. Wong held the three women hostage and sparked a nearly eight-hour standoff with police. At around 6 p.m., authorities discovered the bodies of the three women identified as Kristen Lober, executive director of the program, Jennifer Golick, a clinical director, and Jennifer Gonzalez, a clinical psychologist. Authorities said Wong had also killed himself. These brave women were accomplished professionals who dedicated their careers to serving our nation's veterans, working closely with those in the greatest need of attention after deployments in Iraq and Afghanistan, the Pathway Home statement said. All of us at the Pathway Home are devastated by today's events. We stand with families, friends, and colleagues of those who share in this terrible loss. Veterans Home of California, Yauntville, is the largest veterans home in the nation, according to the State Department of Veteran Affairs. 
On Saturday morning, President Trump tweeted his condolences to the three women killed. The National Rifle Association filed a federal lawsuit against the state of California Friday after state lawmakers approved gun legislation that included raising the legal age of citizens to purchase a firearm. The NRA argues that the proposed law violates the Second Amendment. News of the lawsuit came just hours after Florida Governor Rick Scott publicly went against allies in the NRA by signing the gun control bill that was drafted in response to the Parkland School Massacre that ended the lives of 17 students and faculty members last month. The bill signed by the governor includes raising the minimum age to buy rifles from 18 to 21, extends a three-day waiting period for handgun purchases to include long guns, as well as a ban on bump stocks. The bill, however, did include a provision that enables teachers and other school employees to carry handguns, something the president was in favor of in the wake of the Valentine's Day shooting in Parkland, Florida. The U.S. economy showed more signs of strength last month as the new federal report showed 313,000 new jobs were added in the month of February, the largest monthly increase during Trump's administration and the best month of job growth since July of 2016 as the nation's unemployment rate remained at 4.1%. The Department of Labor also revised job growth numbers upwards in both December and January, adding another 64,000 jobs. The news left Republicans even more optimistic about economic progress under President Trump. The areas where jobs increased included construction, retail, manufacturing, and health care. Job gains have averaged 242,000 over the last three months. Economists have long said that the average needs to be over 300,000 to spur even greater growth and to help those who have struggled in the aftermath of the 2008 Wall Street collapse. For months, President Trump has said his economic plans will give a new shot of confidence to both businesses and consumers and create a surge in economic growth. After an increase of $0.07 per hour in January, the Department of Labor reported that the average hourly earnings in February rose $0.04 to $26.75. One of the most interesting pieces of data from the February report was the size of the labor force grew by 806,000 people, indicating many more people were now looking for work. That is the largest jump since January of 2003. The Democratic double standard has reared its ugly head again, although those who only watch the anti-Trump media programs wouldn't know it, as it went under the radar or ignored completely. When Nation of Islam leaders Louis Farrakhan's Jews are my enemy quote came with another broadside, this time tweeting a video clip where he says Jews have control over these areas of government in referring to the FBI. The clip featuring the latest remark was posted to Farrakhan's official Twitter account on March 7th, while the controversy erupted over remarks made earlier at a Chicago event on February 25th. Those comments brought new attention to Farrakhan's link with seven members of the Congressional Black Congress, as well as the Women's March co-president, Tamika Mallory, who attended the Farrakhan event and posted a photo of herself with him on her Instagram feed after the speech. 
The controversy sparked calls by many Republicans for Democrats to vigorously denounce Farrakhan's remarks. Others who quickly condemned Farrakhan's remarks also asked pointed questions on why much of the media was either slow to report the story or have chosen to ignore it entirely. The Republican Jewish Coalition on Tuesday called on the seven CBC members to resign. The coalition's director, Matt Brooks, told Fox News the Democratic leaders with ties to Farrakhan have been quick to denounce President Trump and the GOP for remarks or actions they view as bigoted but overlook blatant racism and anti-Semitism when it comes to Farrakhan. There is clearly a double standard, Brooks said, then amended that to say, no, there is a double-double standard. Not only do you get the progressive left-wing and more centrist Democrats who aren't shy about criticizing President Trump or branding the Republican Party as white nationalists or neo-Nazis, but when it comes to condemning Louis Farrakhan, they're silent. The members called on to resign were the subject of a story in the Daily Caller, which reported a review of videos, photographs, and other documents revealed the lawmakers have had ties to Farrakhan. They are Representatives Keith Ellison of Minnesota, Maxine Waters of California, Danny Davis of Illinois, Al Green of Texas, Barbara Lee of California, Andre Carson of Indiana, and Gregory Meeks of New York. It has been amazingly convenient how the leftist media has been awfully quiet on these groundbreaking news stories this week, but not surprising. I guess phony Russia probes and reports on porn stars are more important to cover than reports that actually matter to American citizens. I mean, come on, after 18 months of zero evidence of the Russia-Trump collusion, I guess porn stars, drunken and disgruntled former campaign advisors are the best hopes for the leftist media. I have no doubt in my mind next week I will be reporting on how a former Trump Tower janitor who once farted in the presence of President Trump could be the next smoking gun for CNN. Stick around. We have much more to come ahead. You are listening to The Elephant Room on Radio A1A. Every Sunday at noon on Radio A1A is the Drop Rock Top 40 show with yours truly, Harry T. I'll be here to count down from number 40 down to number one. The number one Drop Rock song of the week. Every week, right here, noon, Sundays, Radio A1A, RadioA1A.com, music for the road to paradise. She's got a message waiting on her phone, sitting in the dash, baking in the sun. She's on the beach towel, getting on her tan. Little umbrella with the Japanese fan. Well, she's supposed to be at work. They all know where she is. Man, there ain't no 12 step program for this. All she does is beach, beach, beach. From the time the sun comes up till the sun calls down. Well, she won't give it up. Whether it's a voicemail, email, text, I guess I'm SPF. she does is beach. All she does is beach. 
off, first to rub in her lotion Gets a little hot, takes a dip in the ocean Right about noon, visits the tiki After a few, been known to get freaky And she'll be throwing my ties down Until she's sinking in the sand These days it's a little out of hand All she does is beach, beach, beach From the time the sun comes up Till the sun goes down Yeah, she won't give it up Whether it's a voicemail, email, or text I guess I'm SPF Cause she'll be out of reach All she does is beach All she does is beach Well, she don't beach about the dishes Don't beach about the house And when that girl walks through the door I ain't got nothing to beach about All she does is beach, beach, beach From the time the sun comes up Till the sun goes down Well, she won't give it up Whether it's a voicemail, email, or text Like well, a time SPF Cause she'll be out of reach She does is beach All she does is beach Yeah, beach, 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 beach Welcome back to the Elephant Room. My name is Jeff Gallagher. Newly elected Ontario Progressive Conservative leader Doug Ford waded into the abortion debate Monday questioning why teens need notes from their parents to go on school trips but not to terminate a pregnancy. The comments follow Ford's interview with a pro-life publication in which he said it's time to reconsider whether girls under 16 should require parental permission for abortions, a stance that quickly drew fire from both inside and outside the party. I can't think of a more life-changing procedure for a young woman than abortion, Ford told right now in an online question-and-answer session. I think that it is important discussion to have, and I would welcome anyone who wanted to bring it forward in the legislature to do so. He elaborated Monday during a campaign stop in London. My friends, you have to give a note to your kids when they are 12 and 13 years old to go on a field trip. You have to approve even getting their tonsils out, but you don't have to approve and keep secret with a 12 or 13-year-old, Ford said in reference to the abortion. I don't know too many parents that would approve of their kids going on a field trip without their knowledge. I don't see anyone ever approving of an operation on their children when they're 12 or 13 years old without approval, he continued. I don't know why politicians are afraid to talk about this, added Ford, the one-time city councillor and brother of late Toronto Mayor Rob Ford. Well, naturally, the Liberals did not let me down in responding to Ford's comments in regards to 16-year-olds and what they should have the ability to do. Unfortunately for me, this time it wasn't Justin Trudeau, as an Ontario legislator has formally proposed that the province lowered the voting age from 18 to 16. 
Liberal MPP Arthur Potts, who represents the Toronto riding of Beaches East York, says that if 16-year-olds are trusted to drive cars, coach soccer, and pay income tax, it's time to trust them to vote. I believe we need to get youth more involved in the political process and doing so at the age of 16 will provide a mix of school structure and family engagement that will help ensure high registration interest and participation, Potts says in a news release announcing the tabling of his private member's bill. Potts points out that jurisdictions including Australia, Argentina, and Brazil have lowered their voting ages to 16, and that Scotland did so with its independence referendum back in 2014. Most recently, the activism of high school students in the United States following the spat of school shootings has demonstrated that high school youth have the capacity and willingness to engage in the political process, the release says. Potts says the idea was raised by the young liberals wing of the party back in January. As I mentioned, I can always count on the liberals to bring something to the table that is completely asinine and irresponsible. Which brings us to today's Elephant Room exclusive, Jeff's Epic Rant, Canadian Edition. So apparently, the Liberals are so desperate for voters that they now want children to be able to vote. These are the same kids that were eating Tide Pods and require safe spaces. You really want these undeveloped and highly impressionable minds to have the ability to make policy for an entire country. I don't know what these people are smoking, but I assure you it is not the government-approved, overpriced, soon-to-be-legalized liberal version of the green gold. Whatever they're on is much more potent to support this foolish notion. It was bad enough in Canada's last federal election that huge numbers of millennials became first-time voters just because of the promise of legalized marijuana. You know, the same group of millennials that support socialism and anarchy because they can't figure out why they can't find a six-figure job in their master's degree field of lesbian dance theory or Parisian poetry. And the liberals think it's a good idea to let high school kids have this same right to vote? Come on, people. Could you imagine somebody running a campaign on outlawing groundings or the confiscation of cell phones by parents as punishment to their teenagers, because it will happen. Or how about a protective parent no longer being able to prevent their 16-year-old daughter from attending that spring break college kegger, because you can bet your ass, if kids get the right to vote, parents will lose their right to parent even more than what we already have. Liberals stating if we trust 16-year-olds to drive, coach, and work means we should trust them to vote is absolutely ridiculous. We allow our teenagers to drive, coach, and work to give them a small taste of responsibility so they can one day acquire the knowledge, experience, and understand consequences of their actions to be able to vote for the party of their choice based on an informed decision. That's why we introduce them to driving, coaching, and working at the age of 16. Lefties on both sides of the border were all too quick to dump all over former Toronto Mayor Rob Ford for his substance abuse issues while in office, but the fact of the matter is he lowered taxes, balanced the city budget, improved public services, and saved the city of Toronto from financial ruin. You might ask, what does Rob Ford's substance abuse and accomplishments have to do with liberals wanting 16-year-olds to vote? 
Well, it just goes to prove that even a drug-addicted alcoholic can run a country better than a sober liberal. And that is Jeff's epic rant, Canadian edition. As always, please send your comments, complaints, and criticisms to jeffgallagherelephantroom at gmail.com and we will add them to our monthly mailbox segment. Let's move along now to the weird and wacky of the past week in a segment we call The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. A woman is suing a Florida restaurant for $1.5 million, alleging she suffered injuries as a result of an encounter with a drag performer's fake breast. Neldon Molina's lawsuit against the Hamburger Mary's Eatery in Tampa states she was dining with friends and family members at the eatery to celebrate a friend's birthday in May of 2015. Molina's lawsuit alleges she was unaware of the drag show until it began during her meal and she watched for a short period of time before turning her back to the stage to eat and socialize with her fellow diners. The suit claims the performer, identified as Amanda DeHod, pointed at Molina when she turned around again and began to walk towards her table. Molina alleges she turned her back to the performer to signal she did not want to draw attention to herself, but the drag queen allegedly grabbed her by the head and wiggled her breast against the plaintiff's face and head eight times. The performer then violently pounded Molina's face against the fake breast up to nine times. Molina said she felt an immediate headache and neck pain after the encounter and later visited the emergency room at Memorial Hospital in Tampa for excruciating cervical pain and uncontrollable headaches. I don't know about that. A woman in China's iPhone will be locked for 47 years after her two-year-old reportedly entered the wrong passcode to unlock the device. The woman, identified by her family name Lu, explained to the Chinese media that she left the iPhone with her son so he could watch educational videos. Mm-hmm. The son then accidentally activated the iPhone security system, which extends the amount of time the device is locked every time a wrong passcode is entered. Lou came home to discover that her phone was disabled and unusable for over 25 million minutes or a total of 47 years. Lou then brought the phone to an Apple store to Shanghai, where a technician explained that she could either wait to unlock her phone or reboot the iPhone, which would erase all of the phone's data. I couldn't wait for 47 years to tell my grandchild it was your father's mistake, the mother said. This one brought a tear to my eye. Thousands of pounds of beer spilled onto the Florida roadway after a semi-truck tipped over early Wednesday morning. Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office shared photos of the overturned truck and the hundreds of bush beer cases on Interstate 10. The beer didn't fare so well, the Sheriff's Office said. Nearly 60,000 pounds of beer spilled in the crash, which occurred around 2.40 a.m., the Orlando Sentinel reported. The driver was treated on the scene after sustaining minor injuries and was cited for careless driving. And this one hypes it all into one for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Martin Scarelli, the pharmaceutical CEO, was sentenced to seven years in prison for securities fraud. The so-called pharma bro was convicted last year on charges that he deceived investors through failed hedge funds. The 34-year-old, who's probably best known for hiking up the price of a life-saving drug, was charged with securities fraud, conspiracy to commit securities fraud, and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. A jury found him guilty on three of the eight accounts. 
Scarelli first became a household name at the end of 2015 when he was chief executive of Turing Pharmaceuticals. His company drastically jacked up the price of a potentially life-saving drug, Daraprim, from $13.50 a pill to $750 per pill. Turing acquired Daraprim in August 2015. The drug is the only approved treatment of toxoplasmosis, an infection which is especially risky for pregnant women, people with AIDS, and cancer patients. Scarelli defended the price hike, saying it was necessary in order for his pharmaceutical company to make a profit, spend money on research, and to keep up operational costs. He reported to CBS if there was a company that was selling Ashton Martin at the price of a bicycle, and we buy that company and we ask to charge Toyota prices. I don't think that should be a crime. On a personal note with this jackwad, as some of our listeners know that this subject hits close to home for me as I am a three-time cancer survivor, there is absolutely no telling how many lives were lost due to this man's greed. I sincerely hope he gets everything karma has coming to him, including spending his incarceration in general population where he has the access to receive daily human booster shots from men named Molly. I wish nothing but pure misery on this SOB. And that was the good, the bad, and the ugly. Stay tuned. We are checking in with the world of Trop Rock right after the break. You are listening to The Elephant Room on Radio A1A. Hi folks, this is Harry Tiford, the general manager of Radio A1A. Well, it's warm and beautiful here in the Florida Keys, but sometimes we just don't know what's going on in the rest of the world, so we turn to folks like What's Going On Live Music Promotion, our source for finding live music venues and live musicians who are playing at these wonderful venues. Artists and venues, you can also promote your upcoming gigs free of charge. With what's going on, Live Music International, and a page for each state, no matter where you are. What's going on will provide you the information you need to support live music across the country. What's going on also has five area-specific pages just for Florida. That's right, they have one, What's Going On in the Florida Keys. So, no matter where you live, travel, or play, What's Going On keeps you up to date on what's going on in the live music scene everywhere. So join them on Facebook. That's all you have to do. It's free. Uh, when you log in, tell them you heard this on Radio A1A. Music for the Road to Paradise. As they're walking around and around and around 
Shrimper and a heavy set girl get the wheels turning for a late night world. Mr. Opinion preaches to a crowd. They pretend to listen, but they just get plowed. Smack in the middle of the whole three rings. An old country boy stands up and sings. Hey, they come from near and far for the laid back music on a box guitar. back to the elephant room let's check in to see what is happening in the world of trop rock troopy known i should have reported on this two weeks ago but admittedly dropped the ball in regards to this story so we'll do it today the trop rock music association announced on february 22nd their inaugural board of directors of more than 50 applicants who expressed interest in becoming a member of the board 16 were selected with three spots left open to fill future needed areas of representation the current 16 positions were filled by mark friedman 
for Finance, Ken Settlemeyer Venue, Aaron Haglin Industry, Eric Przbilski. I actually called him to see how to pronounce his last name. That is just for, for the record. <clears throat> and he is in radio. Uh, Corey Young for Hydroponic Development. I kid, he's an artist. Paige Wright, event. Tamara Bryant, fan. Don Middlebrook, artist. Tom Becker, artist. Rob Hill, legal. Jerry Diaz, artist. John Burns, at large. Don Brewer, artist. Cindy Muir, media. Bart Mason, event. Fan. And Jeff Nyland, radio DJ. The 16 men and women have taken on these positions to help all of us in the trop rock genre to expand and grow to bigger and better things. Good luck to all of those involved. As always, I would like to remind everybody of the second annual Radio A1A Party Cruise to Paradise sailing out of Port Canaveral on November 23rd on the Carnival Cruise Ship Sunshine. Eight days in the Southern Caribbean featuring trop rock artists Daryl Clanton, Carl Page, T.J. Walsh, Troy Powers, Burton Sassy, and Ty Thurman. Contact Carnival Cruise Lines directly at 1-800-764-7419. Press 3 for the group department and then enter booking number 1QZV14 with the PIN number 8135. Everybody get all that? You can just contact Lyle Hillfillian. The Radio A1A Party Cruise to Paradise will be hosted by our very own Lyle Wilson from Weekdays with Wilson. The Radio A1A Weekly Trop 40 Countdown returned this week. As most of you know by now, I love to end my show by spinning the top five songs of the week, which we missed out on last week. But it's back, so here are the Trop 40 Top 5 Songs for the week ending March 11th, 2018. Number 5, Mexico Beach, Don Middlebrook. Number 4, My Wave, Alan Ronco. Number 3, The Backwards Song, Daryl Clanton. Number 2, Me Too, Brooke Graham. And the number 1 song this week on the Radio A1A Trop 40 Countdown, You're My Jamaica by Neil McCoy and Charlie Pride. Two incredible names to be added to our Trop 40 Countdown. Congratulations to all of our artists within our Trop 40 Countdown, especially those in the top five. Just a reminder to everybody, please follow me on Twitter and Facebook. And, of course, email me your comments, complaints, criticisms to jeffgallagherelephantroom at gmail.com. As always, Trop 40 Countdown is hosted by Mayor Gonzo Mays and Harry T. And airs, for the most part, each and every Sunday Noon o'clock, he's time. I know many of us Trop Rockers and Parrot Heads are getting all geared up for St. Patrick's Day this weekend, like we needed another excuse to indulge. But on a serious note, please do not drink and drive, and also be attentive on those roads for the irresponsible folks that may be doing so. Take care of each other this weekend, have fun, and be safe. Y'all know, the only difference between St. Patrick's Day and Canada Day... Well, on St. Patrick's Day, everybody wishes they were Irish. That is brutal. True, but brutal. So with that being said, this is Jeff Gallagher from the frozen tropics of Canada saying, It's cold out there. Drink warm thoughts. You have been listening to The Elephant Room on Radio A1A.
think I got it As I watch the waves hit the sand She's the answer For all the good that's in my life No turning back now Time to open up old souls Never thought I'd see the sunrise As I stand so right until you rise And I could get lost sometimes But I always realize It's your love Your touch Your kiss That I just can't resist You're my way You caught me by surprise That sweet, beautiful smile The warmth of your kiss I never get enough She crashes up to me When I feel I just can't win I never thought I'd see the sunrise It's still so right until you rise I can get lost sometimes But I always realize it's your love Your touch, your kiss That I just can't resist You're my way Turning back, love has found its way in this dreamer of the oceans. He's here to stay for the one stole his heart from the way. It's your love, your touch, your kiss. That I just can't resist your mouth. Still pounding from the drinks I was downing last night Feeling kind of tired and lazy Everybody tells me I'm crazy That I ought to stop fishing and get my priorities arranged 
I'll put my water in the boat, put my cooler in the beer. Then I'm on a beach down to the drive, put my hook up on some bait. When I get out on the ocean, I'll sort things out in my mind. And then I'll have me a drink more fuse, and I'll be fine. My old lawn has sure been growing. My old grass has sure needs mowing. I got trash cans scattered and beer bottles shattered outside. Man, this whole place is a disaster. But it'll have to wait till after. Cause me and my fishing pole got a little date with the high tide. And I'm gonna put my water in the boat. Put my cooler in the beer Then I'm on a beach down to the drive Put some hook up on my bait When I get out on the ocean I'll sort things out in my mind Then have me drink more fuse and I'll be fine Put my water in the boat Put my cooler in the beer I'm on a beach down to the drive and put some hook up on my bait. When I get out on the ocean, I'll sort things out in my mind and have me a drink more fuse and I'll be fine. I'm gonna have me a drink more fuse. Have me a drink more fuse. Have me a drink more fuse and I'll be fine. But you ain't half smoke but snuffed out in my ashtray That ought to get me to forty I only think about it when I'm high on red wine The rest of the day I seem to be just fine Gonna head down to the coastline Have a little me time I dare that tide to reach my chair I don't even want nobody knowing I'm down here I came to freak my mind Have a little me time Between my toes Maybe get a little sunburn on my nose And chill out See how it goes Hanging with the Gulf of Mexico
my best friend down here Headed home, my mind's all clear Four days, see you next year Paradise to me. Ah, you're 
sing harmony. Where I'm born to be. You call that harmony? <laughs> You're my island when I'm being tossed on a stormy sea. Yeah, yeah. One heartbeat. <laughs> my heavenly angel. <laughs>